I think it's recording. All right. Hello, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Mac and Jack podcast. I'm Jack, and hey, this is Mac. How are you doing, Mac? What is happening, man? Long time, no speak. Good yeah, to... It actually has been ages. Right. Um, to the it's... listeners, it'll only be like a one-week gap, which is awesome. So they don't know how we just like totally bailed for a few weeks but it was life was crazy uh i'm, I'm glad to be back hopefully i'm not rusty yes yeah, same so um yeah what's what's been what's been going on so i was back on the east coast for like three weeks taking care of my mom but i was trying to shoot while i was there and I decided along the way that I was going to DSLR scan, well, mirrorless scan. So I've been saving up like 11 billion rolls of film because I've been procrastinating. And then like when I first scanned a couple of rolls, I didn't have a proper like mask. Um, but now I have all of that. I've developed like 12 rolls of film. I've started scanning. I'm still using my uh, plus tech until I figure out mirrorless is a disaster. But I've been developing a ton of film. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to have new content because that's the cool thing about film, right? You have this stash and all of a sudden you're like content and you forget what's on it. Everything's a surprise. But, so uh, I've just been surprised and in chemicals for the past three days. What about you? I wish I had more to share on that front. Uh, I picked up a new camera, which is fun. Got a uh, speed graphic so I can get into the world of 4x5. And honestly, that's pretty much it. I think I tested out a lens and it was not as good as I thought it was. <laughs> Are you developing but, that yourself? No, I sent it off. I don't have anything here yet. I'm still figuring that out. But yeah, it's not been... Not a whole bunch has been happening, but I feel like things are starting to fall into place and there's going to be a nice bridge to productivity and work. So that's it's going to be good. I'm excited. Yeah, dude, you got to get yeah. in reps, man. You have to constantly shoot. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's I think that sort of sets us up. Let's introduce our guest, uh, Jessica Jones, uh, one of the Coco captains of the Negative Positives podcast. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Good to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. No worries. So what? Uh, how's your week been since we're on that tip? Uh, what have you been up to? You've been shooting a lot of film? I've been trying to. Uh, I'm here in Virginia, and we've had a few snowstorms lately, a few weeks in a row, uh, which... I, there's good and there's bad. When it snows, we close down for work, but that gives me time to go shoot. So I've been going out into the snow and putting my heavy jackets on and taking my Pentax out because it's the only camera I have with uh, a cold battery extender where you can put it in your pocket inside your coat and keep it warm. So I don't have any shutter issues. So I can uh, take that out into the snow and cold wind and everything and it works just fine so i've been taking that and my yashika mat just out outside a lot as much as i can whenever i have a day off so that's pretty much what i've been up to just kind of getting those shots in when i can and it looks like you're sh you shoot a lot of color film yeah i do yeah mostly color occasionally some black and white but i I'm definitely someone that sees color than I, better than I see black and white. I, I wish that I was better at black and white. I really loved the old darkroom days and printing 
but I just haven't shot black and white that much in a really long time. And I I shot a roll the other day, and it was it was good. But then I kind of wish that I had shot a color roll. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with you. I uh, black and white. It's just hassle to develop for me. I I like that I can throw all my different versions of C41 in one tank, and there's a short development time. It's easy. You know, everybody pushes I black agree. and white to start, yeah, but colors colors so much easier. And, uh, and to your point, I, I see in color. So I try black and white every now and then. And to be honest, uh, I just accumulate a bunch of rolls because I'll shoot them at different ISO, and then you got to develop them at different times. And it's exactly. just, it's a hassle. Yeah. So, I feel the same way. When people come to me asking about developing color film at home, they, they say they're scared because they heard that it it was really complicated and maybe it used to be right. um but in my lifetime it's always been so much easier than than black and white it's just that short three-step process and getting the chemicals up to temp is super easy it's quick you know i feel like you finish in such a quick amount of time and then you're done and you can just throw whatever roll you want into that into that tank and you're good to go yeah i've never understood the whole thing about it being sort of more complicated than black and white because we really got like i've had so many people to try to turn me away from uh, developing c41 at home i mean i haven't done it for ages but i i had quite a lot of success just filling up like a wash basin with warm water and by the time was it that the sort of three and a half minute interval where it needs has like a degree tolerance either way that was long enough for it to do its thing so the critical time was not actually bad at all and guess what? Everyone who said, oh, you can't do that, were like, oh, it looks quite good. Yeah, yeah I always did that too. I, I never had a sous vide for the longest time. Oh. All the sinks I had were fine at holding hot water and getting my chemicals up to temp. I only got a sous vide a, a couple years ago or so. It was $20 on Facebook Marketplace. It's not a film-branded sous vide or anything. It's just one of those cheap ones that you could find at Home Goods or something, and someone was getting rid of it. But um, I've been using that just in my current sink because my sink isn't the best at holding water. So so otherwise, right. it's always been fine. But sous vide's not necessary, but it, it's helpful if you, if you need it. But don't you feel kind of extra when you're just like... Oh, you, yeah, you're putting, definitely. Putting you impress anybody, on. especially when you have an extra long sous vide and you whip that thing out and people are like, whoa. Well, all right, okay. <laughs> it's getting serious. <laughs> uh, yeah. The like, bigger the I, sous vide, the more impressive you are. That's right, yeah. It's a, it's an arms race of sous vides. But I, I remember when I first... so. I, I was really getting into filming in Colorado and like my tap water like on cold was like 55 degrees. So I would have to warm it up anyway to shoot, to develop black and white. And I was I like, yeah. translate. I'm sorry. Yeah. What? Oh, 55 Fahrenheit. Hey. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cold. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. And I was having to warm it up anyway. So I was like, I'm just going to try color film. So I did not have a sous vide and, uh, it, it was a disaster for me, and I was getting, like, really weird color variations. So I kind of gave back up on developing color. But then it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to purchase Sudivy. And then after that, it was a game changer because you just feel, I feel really confident with it. And now I, I, I have it down pat and just – I can't – I hate whenever I shoot black and white, to be honest. Uh, I, I think it's limiting, too. I would rather shoot in color, and this is going to, like – 
kill people when I say this. Shoot it in color and then convert it in post. If, if it doesn't work, I still capture the image. And if I have the feel that I want in it, I'm not going to lose it because of crappy color. So I'll just convert it to black and white. And I know like some purists probably are like, that's it. They're pressing stop on the podcast right now. But yeah, big oof. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all just the tools that you want to use. It doesn't matter how you get there, in my opinion. But once some people once might it's in digital it land, it doesn't matter anyway. All, all <laughs> rules are off at that point yeah. right i mean it's, oh, come it's on. a you, you don't shoot unedited no straight don't, from camera don't start me that don't, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go off on a 30 you mean minute you're rant. scanning digitally you're not printing in the dark room then that's right. just a digital photo man yeah, what are you even doing room, you, you change it with the color filters that's yeah. not it's not authentic yeah no, Let's talk about that real quick. Uh, like editing a scan. Like I, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but it is to me absolutely ridiculous. Every seven days on some form. I don't know. This is why I, like, I have to get caught up in the film groups because I, I'm not currently there. But like people go crazy about like editing a scan. Do they not realize that if you don't edit your scan and it comes from a lab, the last person that edited that photo was not you. It was Joe's interpretation of where things should be. And then I hate. I feel bad for the people that are okay with that because like that's not even their image anymore. Somebody else manipulated it in a way. Did did you not see that composition and like have a feeling or a mood on how it was going to turn out? And then you let Joe at X Lab uh, have the last say on it. It's it's absurd. Or even though your home scanner that it's just whoever the manufacturer is, the color profile they had in there. If you just like let uh, Sven from my Plus Tech uh, decide what the final image is going to look like, don't even shoot the damn photo. Just go to Google Images, right click and. Start saving images because those images are as much yours as the ones off that scanner they're not you know classic spin man spin's yeah. always doing crazy stuff with Freaking your photos spin, man what a, he's a rock star though because that that plus tech <laughs> does you know that and view scan no i agree though yeah you're i mean your computers are all calibrated differently your scanner is going to be calibrated differently it, no, nothing's ever going to come out just completely raw unless you're shooting digital and you just have that basic flat raw image right that looks shitty anyway but i'm just yeah. kidding i don't no. hate on digital people it's, it's, it's that computer's interpretation <laughs> of what it sees at that point and you have to as a photographer it is uh a, a contract you unwillingly or unknowingly signed that when you press that shutter button it's your image uh, and you need to make it your image all the way until you deliver it somewhere. It's just, it's so elementary when people bring that argument up. I feel really bad for them. I'm like, man, did they not like get enough education as a child? Did someone not hug them or love them that they feel like this guilt about like not touching it? I think it? it's just a classic case of, you know, the people that had to walk uphill both ways to school in the mm -hmm. snow and the rain and stuff. And there's a lot more technology now. So things are different. A lot of stuff's easier easier to us i guess starting out so it's just one of those scenarios where i guess they're just they wish that they had that too so they're just a little jealous that's all yeah it's no they, big yeah it's just so weird i don't just know just not I, as open-minded i yeah. mean to be fair though i don't think anyone who is good at it would say they like scanning because <laughs> i hate it but yeah post-processing on color negative is ugh. 
there's a reason I shoot black and white at home. <laughs> because at least when you do the inversion, maybe there's a tiny little tonal thing. It still annoys me that to get the best black and white scan, you scan it in color. There's a whole bunch of theory out there that makes sense. I'm not going to go into it, but fundamentally that really made me upset. <laughs> but it, I can understand it, that. Yeah. Good. I mean, I, I hate the scanning. I don't mind the editing though. I, I've, I've kind of started to rework my workflow a little bit and, and so I've really started to enjoy editing again, so I don't mind. And I don't even edit a whole lot, but I've started to enjoy it a little more. But the act of actually scanning it on my scanner is such a pain in the ass. I like to be a digital camera scanner one day, but I don't own a digital camera. So one day I'll get there. <laughs> yeah. When In terms of your workflow, do you use like a tablet or something uh, with a stylus for like just... Well, a, I, I just like got one last week. I don't know oh, if you sweet. saw my post in negative positives i was asking about it because on clubhouse so. someone had mentioned in one of the rooms that they really loved editing on their ipad pro with a pencil mm -hmm. and so i posted in the group just kind of asking about it and a lot of people reached out to me and a lot of people messaged me about how much it's kind of changed the game for them so i i invested in one last week because i have a macbook pro and it's about eight years old now and i was thinking about uh I don't know if you can hear the train right now, so I'm sorry if that comes through. But <laughs> I wanted to invest in a desktop Mac, but like base level refurbished is around five thousand yeah. dollars. That's just not something I want to do anytime we, soon. We were just doing the same thing. Yeah, would that make sense? It's, and it's we spent so the money much. on a monitor. Yeah, yeah, and. That's that's a good idea too. But when they brought up the iPad and the pencil and how seamless and nat more natural it feels, I was really intrigued. So after reaching out to everybody, I got one of those, and so far I've had a lot of fun with it. It's I've got the little paper mat screen cover, so it's fun to kind of run that pencil across that and clean up all the dust mm -hmm. and everything. And it's almost very relaxing. You put on some calm music and have have a little whiskey next to you and you're just going to town and it's actually really enjoyable now. Cause do you find so it far, satisfying so using, using a pen and kind of just dotting uh, for like yeah. um, spot removal? Cause that, that to me was the most boring and best part of <laughs> retouching. I was like, this is so dull, but it damn, is. I, want, I want all the points <laughs> just keep going and going and going. <laughs> Suddenly you look back and you're like, yeah, that looks that looks how it should. It doesn't look good. It's just like, nice, cool, no hair. Woo, right. Progression. Yeah. Editing film yeah, scans, though. It's my new task. I don't, like, I use ViewScan software, and it has presets in there that get it, like, really close. And I usually scan it pretty flat, um, pull the shadows way up. So, And then I import it in the Lightroom, and it literally takes me, like, maybe five seconds to edit each image. Because ViewScan's got it most of the way there. Pretty flat image, got the colors, I'll, I'll color balance in there. And, uh, and then knock it out. And I'll have a preset that of my modifications you know, uh, to the image. And I'll save Ektar 120, what lens it is. And I can just click that. Because all I do is just like adjust the whites, blacks, uh, desaturated the hair. Nothing crazy. Um, but people can go crazy with it if they want. I know some people are such purists about that, but it's so easy compared to like a digital image. You know, a, di a digital oh, image, yeah. I'll shoot it flat in camera and then I have to do a lot of pushing and pulling and mm -hmm. it's just too perfect and things that you wouldn't notice. 
really stand out with a digital camera. So, um, oh, yeah, my workflow is so easy. Um, I, I'm, I'm scared, uh, the mirrorless stuff, uh, I'm, I'm scared it's going to funnel me into a look that everyone else has, uh, especially with the negative lab pro, the oh, add in to Lightroom. Negative lab pro. I can't, I it's, can't do it. That's why I'm not nice. staying. Yeah, I can't stay. I don't think I can mirrorless scan uh, because I just can't get that look that I want with that. And it's too every. I think it's too standard. I think um, the dynamic range is gone too. And I can't, I haven't figured out how to um, get more than like a nine megapixel image, even because you know you have to crop a lot out of the image. And of course, I could stitch it together. But if I'm going to stitch two 120 negatives together in post, I'm just gonna figure something else out you know that defeats the whole purpose i want shutter press give me at least 20 megapixels right i need some some range and post giving me a, a 9 meg 120 file I, I i'm sure people listening right now are like dying and they have a solution for that but the solutions i've heard are you know of course the lens that i'm using but i'm using a one-to-one -one with a, a nikon 55 millimeter f 2.8 uh micro lens but then i use the extension tube for it I don't know. I'll figure it out, but I just don't like how small the files are. And then the dynamic range is so bad in Negative Lab Pro for me. For me, the way I work it, I, the colors are, I just can't push them to where I want them. And I feel like I'm stuck with a flatbed for 120 and my Plus Tech for 35. That or pay a ton <laughs> to develop at a lab. I mean, you know? Why, why I... aren't you getting a phase one? A phase one? Why? Yeah. Why would I do that? I still would have the focal length problem. No, 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 100 megapixel. Then I'm just going to shoot digital, and then I'll be... But, it'll uh, make, but you said you were worried about the 9 megapixel. If you crop that, it'll then be 60. You okay, see, okay. it's big brain time. I see, I see where you're Bigger going with camera. that, Jack. Uh, but that would <laughs> suck to have like a 10, 20, 30K digital camera just sitting on a, a slide mount on uh, my copy stand. That's pretty much what they do in studios all day. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I, so I'll figure it out. Maybe it, it is kind of faster, but I just, I just, I'm not happy with the images and that's definitely something I'm doing. I, I think, and maybe I'm just used to my workflow and view scan and it's not too bad scanning, uh, with the plus tech because while I'm working, I can just click scan, you know, advance it when it's done and keep just doing what I'm doing. Uh, but so, I hate when you build up so many roles, you're just, just like, oh my God, this is going to take four days for 12 roles, you know? So, Jess, um, negative positives. So I, I know we talked about this in the pre-call. Like, negative positives was the podcast that I first started listening to in like end of 2019, and it like made me fall in love with film photography podcast. I didn't even have a Facebook, and I re I created a Facebook just so I could go to the the uh, the group. And you did. It's being confirmed. Yeah, and it was amazing. I, and and so when I last listened, they had a Coco Cap'n. Captain Roxana log. And then when I told you, like when Jack says that, all right, here's who's going to be on the show. I saw on your Instagram, I was like negative positives. So how long have you been on the negative positives podcast? I have only been on for about a month and a half, maybe two months now. Um, I was originally a guest. My first guest appearance appearance was at the end of 2019. It was the new year's mm -hmm. Eve show. Uh, and then I was a guest again on a round table over the summer last year and Roxana had to take a hiatus. So yeah. 
they very kindly asked me to join in as the Coco Captain. And it's been just a lot of fun. I love those guys. It's one of my favorite podcasts. And I got to be honest, there's a lot of film podcasts that I do listen to. But this is the only one that I have accepted just because they're so much fun and it's not too serious. We can just kind of talk shit to one another and and they make you feel at home. Even if you barely know them, they really make you feel very welcome and just kind of part of the group. And that's what I really like about that podcast is that they're so welcoming to anybody and everybody. You don't have to be... You know, this perfect, super educated film shooter, you can be just starting out or you can be well on your journey or you can just be picking up film again later in life and they are there to talk to you about it. And the group is really awesome on Facebook. It's the only film group that I really ever check out on Facebook because all the others are just so, I don't know, There, there, there can be a lot of bullies out there, but Negative Positives is pretty awesome about keeping it real and it's it's a great place to be so i'm i've been excited that's something that i've really appreciated about um uh folks who are moderating the group is that they're very happy to stamp out negative nancy's like i've I've had a couple of random comments of just like i i I don't even know how they got to it but clearly they are very upset about something and they'll just (laughs) dis like you could almost you could almost write these down to read back later to yourself and still think I don't get it. What? Why would you post that? But um, they're they're keen to just stamp any of that out. So I think it definitely succeeds on the like I'd say accessible probably sums it up the best. I don't feel there's any weird elitism or I mean there's some some other groups where you feel like if you're not in the quote in crowd then who right. are you? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like seeing that every day someone new comes to the group, contributes, and there's none of that. Not to wax lyrical. I've got no affiliation. I just like the group. It's made made me a lot of friends. So uh, ten out of ten. Yeah, it's a great place to connect. People are awesome in there. Yeah, I think like a lot of people during COVID, not having a commute, you know, I've stopped listening to podcasts. That's why I was like surprised. Hey, there's a new Coco Captain. But like one thing I'll say about that podcast is it's like so well produced that it could almost be like a morning radio show. The way Mike and Andre have set that thing up, it's uh, it's consistent in the quality of the content delivered and the format i think it's just a really well-produced podcast so for some crazy reason someone listening hasn't checked out that podcast absolutely it is definitely i think the king of the film photography podcast for sure it's it's one you can always tune into and have a good time just listening to it no, i completely agree All right, don't blow mike and andre's heads up too much <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, Andre, and I haven't now seen him in a while. Now we got to say some negative stuff about it just to really keep it level. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, they're too fun. It's, uh, it's I a remember, lot of fun. I met Andre in Joshua Tree, and he hung out with me, Robert Lanez, Edward Conde, and oh, we I all like saying about that. Yeah, we all like hopped in my SUV and we just drove all through Joshua Tree, stopping, like crawling all over the park, uh, taking photos. And that was uh, when Andre kept falling asleep during it, and we would like <laughs> post it to the group video. So of him me falling asleep. He's such a good sport about it, Andre. Andre's a, a sleepy guy. He, he's a consummate professional, though. Everything he does, you know, like you can tell every. Thing before he says it, he's th- he's thought about it. Like, uh, yeah, he's very well reasoned. I, I like Andre. He's a good character, um, for sure. And Mike's crazy as hell. 
for sure. I love that. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about your photography. I'm checking out your feed. I uh, I really love like the colors in your film. I can tell that it's it's unique. And there's this one shot of this Ford tractor with snow on it. Where where was that taken at? Is that nearby you? Oh yeah, that's just in my backyard. There's a little house that's being it's being built from an old house. Uh, they kind of recycled all the wood from an old house uh, that was kind of falling apart, and they're rebuilding it in another spot exactly as it was. So everything's very rustic in there. All the wood is very old. It's kind of spooky. They just leave it unlocked, and they're always like, just sit in there, have some wine, watch the sunset. It's just not too... It's just across the cornfield from where I live right now, and... They have this awesome little tractor out there that the first time I saw it, I was like, can I take a picture of it? And he goes, yeah, I don't know why you'd want to. <laughs> it's like, That's amazing. This what? thing looks badass. Seriously? And so I, I've kind of been photographing just that in that area over and over while I've been living out here. Um, so just seeing it in all the different phases of, I guess, weather and and nature and everything has been fun just watching everything change in this landscape so it's been it's been pretty cool i love that little tractor though yeah i think it's a great shot i love the 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 blue green in the tractor like popping with the orange ford i mean it did gutterman yeah, that love that one it's a ford tractor that, that's, that's got to be a gutterman favorite yeah. gutterman he's got to be like oh it's a ford yeah. tractor. <laughs> yeah. i thought of him when i put it up and i almost tagged him in it but i didn't <laughs> I, let, I mean, I in it. fairness, it is doing what Ford does best, uh, found off-road dead. Uh, oh, yeah, God. that's what they Wait. say. <laughs> Sorry, Gutterman. Uh, this is awkward. <laughs> He's mad because Andre and I both drive Subarus, so we don't talk about it, really, but it's okay. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> so what, what, what are you into shooting-wise now, like film and camera-wise? Like, What do you see yourself picking up most? Last year, I was shooting a lot more 4x5 with a crown graphic that I had gotten from someone in one of the film groups, and I had a lot of fun with that. I picked up some Ektar 4x5. There you go. Jack's showing us his 4x5 right now. Um, but it's been a lot of fun to shoot, and I need to break it out again once more color comes back in. Uh, once spring hits, I'll be running around with that thing a lot more. I do need to get a new tripod, though, because my the only one I've ever owned is just this little Manfrotto B-Free, and it is not great for anything heavy whatsoever. The wind blows, and it's just <laughs> it's tipping over. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to take that out again. I picked up a Pentax 645 last year, kind of at the beginning of quarantine. Yeah, and I've choice. loved shooting that thing. Just because mostly I've I've shot 6x7. I have Pentax 6x7 and a Mamiya RZ, and those have been just the best cameras. I love that format. Um, so having a 645 is kind of... It fits in with your six seven shots really well. I don't shoot a lot of thirty five millimeter these days, but six four five fits in and doesn't look too different from what I'm used to shooting. And uh, having the meter inside the camera is pretty awesome too, because I don't own one of those. 
I don't have any other cameras that have a working meter inside. So I feel kind of spoiled with that and aperture priority. And oh, I actually get, had that same little meter back in the day. I lost it. <laughs> I think I've had, this might be my third one. Oh, really? I have a yeah. Pentax spot meter that I love as well. So I use that a lot. Or one of the uh, like well. pistol things. Yeah, yeah. Are it, awesome. You have to be careful when you whip that out places so you don't scare anybody around you. It's but. very honestly, American Jack. No, honestly, that, that really, really <laughs> put me off it. When I, I, some guy gave one to me because um, the battery door was completely seized up. It must have taken a week to open that thing. I, I used so much vinegar to get that stupid thing open because, of course, some pillock took a coin and really <gasps> went to town. Oh, it gosh. was like... It, completely useless no grip on it um i found there's there's that guy in i want to say it's hollywood it's somewhere in la he services light meters like if you you need a light meter service during the industry he's literally the guy you phone him up he doesn't do email that is how old school he is it's this like i want to say polish but i could be completely wrong i'm uh, yeah, you just you try and communicate. You do half a payment over the phone and half via email. No, the the card number. I found it all really, really weird. But it was like a deposit sort of, and then you pay the rest like, later. Give me the first eight digits of your number verbally. I'm like, okay, and then the last eight email them to me. So it feels mega sketchy. Like, <laughs> but slow me down. Three days later, I get a thing in the mail, and it's the little cap I needed. So I was like, oh. Nice. Thanks, I wish I could remember this place's name. Yeah, I love that little spot meter. It's it's really great. And I used to have two of them and I sold one off and I really wish I had it now just because they cost so much. So if this one ever poops out on me, I'll I'll be really sad because they go for $400 on eBay yeah. right now. And I'd gotten them both for under $100 each nice back in the day. So I really wish I hadn't sold that other one off. But this one, it's going pretty strong, so I think it'll be okay. Um, but as far as cameras go, yeah, I mean, I have always been a huge pack film shooter. That's how I got into photography was pack film. And I have a stash of my Fuji pack film that I hoard and am slowly moving through because I want to have it until I die. And so I'll shoot a few packs a year and really relish those photos when I can. Um, so I'm sure I'll shoot more of those this year as well. But How much do you think you have of um, pack film? I have probably 70-ish boxes of FP100C, and I only have maybe 30 or so boxes of 3000B. And then I have around 10 boxes, which are usually double packs of... 669 or some other mm -hmm. uh, color grade. And then I have the one instant film that went out and I still haven't shot it. I backed that Kickstarter a while ago. And originally there were a bunch of us that wanted to shoot it and put it into a project together. And then COVID happened. So I oh, just nuts. haven't shot it. And yeah, so I'm just kind of holding on to it in case that still happens or until mm -hmm. the right moment comes. Sorry if you have, hear a lot of squeaking. My cats are playing. So. <laughs> I can't even hear it. No. I don't know what picks up on this microphone. So, but we'll it's not know. me. Yeah. <laughs> Jack will just jump at the camera. Yeah, <laughs> well, no. I don't know when... what they're doing. They wait until I'm on a podcast to start making a lot right. of noise. Otherwise, of they're course. asleep. 
Now, t- t- because we're on that topic, um, do, do both of them like wearing a leash, or is it just the one? <laughs> what? My my older cat Kodak, he Excellent does name. not wear a leash. Yeah, his name's Kodak. He's a tripod cat. He's only got three legs, and he's oh God, gold, so, so it's only only fitting that he be Kodak Gold. Um, he, I didn't do very well putting him on a leash because most of his life he was in the city and I would never let him outside because I was so scared of the neighbor's dogs and everything mm-hmm. and all of the um, fleas and stuff that were outside there. There's a lot of like city fleas. So he just goes outside unleashed here because he, he's kind of a scaredy cat and doesn't really go very far. But Kaiju loves the leash and he just wants to run so i don't think i'll ever take the leash off or he'll be gone but i we found him outside and you'd think that he wouldn't want to stay out there because he was almost dead when i found him out there out by my work but he just wants to climb trees and run everywhere so well he's he's had that taste of freedom right yeah ne- ne- never go back I'm wild like, cat. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that four by five uh, you're developing that yourself as well I am, yeah. Uh, someone actually just posted in. Oh, Jack, was it you that it was, was posting about four by five tanks? Yeah, today yeah. in the group, and I posted that I have the little combi com. I don't know how you pronounce it. Combi plan developing tank, and it's someone just gave it to me a long time ago in a box of stuff, and it's pretty old school as far as developing goes. It's not one of those fancy three D printed holders that go into a Patterson tank or anything. It's just pretty old school flat rectangle tank that you just kind of dip your stuff into and it holds that whole tank of chemicals so it's not exactly very green in any way. It uses a lot of your stuff, but it works for me and you can even put glass plates and stuff in there too, so I'm fine with it. I don't have a Patterson tank either, so it's, it's fine for me for now. What do you scan with? I scan it on my Epson 700. So that nice. goes up to large format. Yeah. I think it even, what, can it do 10.8? Sorry. I'm sorry? The, can, can't the V700 do uh, 10.8 as well? I don't know, actually. I've never shot that size. So I actually don't know. 4x5 is the largest I've gone. Uh, Prior to that, I had gotten this particular scanner because I could scan my pack film negatives on it. I knew it could do that size, so I got this model. Um, and then I only started shooting 4x5 not too long ago. Um, but I don't know about 8x10. I'm not sure. You know, just to go on the uh, pack film negatives thing, that takes me back to when I was getting started in photography. Um, do, do you, like, tape them to glass and bleach the back of them and kind of scrape off the black gunk? More or less, yeah. You yeah. Know how, so I used to do that whole tape them to glass method, but uh, some years ago, someone messaged me and said, it's so much easier if you just wet them and stick the backs to each other and you just swish it around in the bleach. And that's what I do now. It only takes a few seconds, and I rinse it right off. Oh and then my god, hang that's it so dry. much easier. Because <laughs> yeah, my, my, is... my teachers at school were like, "You're kind of what the hell are you doing?" I was like, "It's a negative. I promise." <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, sure, fine, just yeah." The glass bleaching. method takes a, a long time because I he, I used to have this huge plexiglass that I would use, and you'd have to take the time to tape them all down and 
and bleach them and brush them, whether you use a paintbrush or a sponge or whatever. And then you'd have to carefully, you know, rinse it off and untape it without bending it or, or cranking it or anything. Um, but yeah, just the little sticking them to each other method works so much faster and I haven't had any problems with it. Sometimes a little, I'm a little loosey goosey because I like a few bleach spots to get in, but you certainly don't have to do that. Uh, That's just me, but otherwise you can just do it and it's very clean and very easy to do. I'll send you the video of it later. One of my friends made a video. Yeah. I'll send that to you. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to, try and get into peel apart even if i'm going to use it sparingly i came across a painful facebook marketplace listing like a month ago a guy i had think he had about 80 boxes of it hundred dollars you were like oh nice then you saw the pictures and literally the listing was photography junk (gasps) and the boxes were underneath and there was all this crap just smashed onto them I mean, I didn't save the picture because it's it, it was so bad, like worthy of mentioning. But you're like, oh god, no! You almost wanted to be like, message the guy and be like, do you realize what you have done? Oh my I god! I know. You've lost. Man, so someone much messaged money. me the other day because they had gotten a the someone had given them a peel apart film back to their RB67, and he didn't realize that that's what it was and when they gave it to him they opened up the back and said here it has film in it and so he has this huge pile of peel apart film that the guy just opened the back to and gave it to him so when he sent me the picture i almost i almost shed a goddamn oh. tear because all of that was gone was like, oh you would have loved that but <laughs> it's it's like the same as when you see someone that they, they're trying to do the right thing like they'll have the photo paper and they'll be like yeah it's in good condition you're like oh honey no (laughs) no it's useless Uh, yeah it's so sad um so jess it looks like uh and what would you say you shoot i'm I'm looking it looks like life stuff you're just out and about yeah i i've always been a pretty big nature person i love hiking and just being outdoors. I'm also, I love my alone time a lot. So I love just walking outside by myself, listening to some music. I've always worked in the service industry and I'm, I'm an introvert. So it takes me a while to kind of regain myself after talking to people all day. So I've always just Mm -hmm. loved being out in the middle of nowhere where no one can find me. So I, I shoot a lot of stuff at parks and I like to camp and um, just kind of the sceneries around me. When I when I was downtown, I used to shoot a lot more walking around and kind of the hustle and bustle. And but I really just like kind of open spaces, kind of seemingly lonely places, but not lonely. If that makes any sense, not lonely to me because as cheesy as it sounds, I feel like the most important company around us is all of that nature that we're kind of taking for granted these days because we have so much stuff that we're constantly bombarded by on a daily basis so I kind of am photographing what is important to me and what I think we should really try and remember um I I'm definitely that sad that like 
you'll come around the corner at the park and I'm hugging that tree. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just absorbing everything around me. So I, I shoot a lot of that. Um, and it doesn't, I don't know. I don't shoot a lot of people. I do whenever I'm on photo walks and stuff, but that usually turns into just talking and hanging out. Cause I've got a film group that I started here in town and, and that's a lot of fun. Um, and I'll shoot people when I travel cause I, I love to travel and I miss doing that. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's just mostly kind of the still life in nature and buildings and stuff. And I guess back in a thing about travel, once things ease up slash you feel safe or whatever the situation may be, um, where or what do you think you want to be sort of doing? Like, is there a particular location that you're like, yeah, I'm going there immediately or um, something else? Oh, my God. Anywhere. Well, First, I have to go see my parents because I haven't seen them in Florida in over a year. So that's, but that's not travel really. That's just going home. But I love Scott's cheap flights. I don't know if anyone knows about Scott's cheap flights where they send you the email updates of cheap, cheap airfare overseas yep. and stuff. So I am just itching to get back up there. Um, I. I've been to Europe a few times and other places. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I haven't seen. Like I'm obsessed with Asian culture and I haven't been anywhere in Asia at all. So I'm, that's pretty high on my list, like Korea or Thailand. And I really, I really do want to go to Korea. I want to go to Seoul so badly. Um, there's a lot of great city stuff there. There's a lot of great nature there. There's just so much to see. I want to go to Vietnam. A lot of my travels also for food, food and photography. There you go. Um, a, a twofer, yeah. you know, a little photography. Eating, drinking, Perfect. and photo. That's pretty much everything that yeah. matters. Um, I want to go back to Iceland because I went there in 2015 and then again in 2017, I think. Yeah. Um, so I really want to go back solo because I went with a friend and I photographed a lot while I was there but I'd love to just spend a lot of time in one place and photograph and and kind of have that lone loneliness without being lonely yeah <laughs> okay. that alone time Iceland is um people think it's played out but it's easy to say that and not go there and I've been there twice I've spent about a total of a month there and I'll be back for like two weeks in September um it, it absolutely is the most amazing place on earth. And the West Fjords, I, I spent like seven days in the Western Fjords. And when you drive into it, there's these crazy old statues and the road ends. And then for like four days, I only saw maybe four cars. And it was super scary where like the gas stations aren't even the gas station. It's just No, they're pumps. so far apart. <laughs> you so have to cool. stop every time you see one because oh, you yeah. don't know if you're going to see one again. And a lot of the growth or the roads aren't paved they'll just be gravel or something you don't yeah. know if you're ever going to see a gas station or person ever again so. really yeah and uh, like we stayed at this airbnb that used to be a uh, a boys home for like uh kids who were bad or whatever and it was in the western fjords and it is like the most remote location on earth i mean we had to zigzag in and out in and out of like a uh, hundred fjords like just sticking out and you know, just to get there so to go like uh 10 linear miles we drove like 100 miles because you know you go in and out on those little fingerlings and it's all unpaved roads and that that, vo that voice home that we stayed at was like empty the first two days it was like super eerie oh, and then the they're boys like, weren't there 
No, it, that was like in the <laughs> 60s. And then someone converted it to a hotel. Oh, okay. And, uh, you weren't very specific with that one. So I wasn't no, sure no, why you were staying at a little boy's home. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. It, it, it was <laughs> that in the 60s. Out. But they. Like, whenever what, you float your boat, Mac. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's really weird. I'm sorry. I didn't clarify on that. I am regretting that immensely. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. So the, they convert it to a hotel, but mainly military, uh, military from different countries will come and they'll stay there while they're doing whatever operations they're doing. So the, the first two days, completely empty. And then the, the third day, the owner knocks on our door and says, hey, I just want to let you know I'm going to move you guys to like a, a standalone apartment because the Danish military is moving in and they're going to like train during the day. And every time they come here, they're they're really wild. And uh, I was like, no, I want to be in the mix. Don't move me. And yeah. we stayed in our place. Holy shit. Uh, those guys threw down and they, they literally drank all of the beer in the facility. So the People nice. had to go call like a Kiri or something. They had to ship yeah. some in on a boat because the roads were closed. So they floated <laughs> so it around good. to where we were at and shipped in more beer. I was like, what? It was the wildest. And it was like natural hot springs out there. So everybody yes. was like getting pissed drunk They're in the hot so tub. cool. It was and you wild. can find them like because people will pay to go to the Blue Lagoon. But there are little hot pots that you can go to and even some big ones where there's nobody and it's just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And when we went to was just on the side of this cliff by the seaside. Um, and there are only two people there and you just camped right by all those hot pots. And then yeah. you just got in them and, you know, you have your whatever accoutrement you bring with you to enjoy while you're in the hot pot and then yeah. i don't know and this icelandic film crew came through we were okay to be honest we were really stoned and really <laughs> drunk and this film crew came through and they're like hey we're filming this show about trolls and this is the actor that's in it and he was some guy that trained under Robin Williams, of all people, this Icelandic actor. Right. And he's like, would you guys like to be in the introduction of the show? And we were so, we were out of it. And we're like, <laughs> sure, I guess. And we're in our bathing suits in this hot pot. So it was the most awkward situation, but also very hilarious. And they had to shoot this take about 40 times because we couldn't even get the words out because the whole scenario was so ridiculous. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't change any of that for the world. Right. I mean, if right. anyone has the chance to go photograph Iceland, I know it became really Instagram popular, but that country is incredible, and Mind it cannot blown. be overshot. There's yeah. so much to see. Just do it. Yeah. Uh, fun fact about the Blue Lagoon. Blue Lagoon is no longer blue. It uh, some well, type it's like of green. Some no some type of like uh, sediment moved in and it made it muddy now and uh, oh, basically wow. it's a worldwide no. attraction that's no longer exists. Well, so when if, we were in there, we were like, it's not even blue. This is brown green, now. So I don't it's know why brown. they called it the Blue Lagoon at the time, but yeah, whatever. It's done though. Some type of sediment moved in and it's like brown, so oh, no one would wow. even go in there anymore. And it was world famous, you know, massive like uh, tourist trap. And yeah. now something broke somewhere in the land and sediment poured in, and it just was like oh, nuts. Yeah, it's well, not. Well, if anybody does go there, you can sneak in your own alcohol in your backpack. They don't check them, so if you there do you pay to go there. 
just bring your own stuff in and you'll be fine. Yeah, it's an amazing place. Insider uh, tip. Yeah, it doesn't matter what anyone says about Iceland. They're they're just jealous because they haven't gone there. It's and it's. I don't think I stayed in a city very much the entire time I was there. I was staying in like hostels, and I was meeting yeah. from all around the world. It was so wild. Um, of course, that was pre-COVID. But to be honest, I've traveled. Um, I don't know, 20 trips during COVID, but they dr- I drive places and like I camped in my car in a tent for nine days through like Death Va- Valley. So I'm not like interacting with people. I know some people are like, oh, that's so irresponsible. Fuck you. Uh, I'm doing it safe. I slept in a, I didn't see another human for three days, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, if you're I, doing I it safely, COVID. it doesn't, it's fine. Yeah. Let's be clear. I don't want to get COVID. I'm a little bitch when I'm sick. So I'm not going to get anything. Like if I get a common cold, I'm down for three days. So trust me. I'm not trying to <laughs> oh, well, contract. You're a man so yeah, yeah. i get man flu right <laughs> if it's a 98.8 degree fever i'm like call the ambulance that's it no yeah. i can't i can't walk man to the kitchen flu. yeah cath me you know i don't, I don't want to get out of bed to go take a piss enough yeah it's over um yeah so i've been traveling nonstop, and uh that's what's kept me sane though i work remote for my job so i i I'm standing in front of a computer all freaking day, right? I have to get out and go do stuff. And I know millions of people in America are going through the same thing. You can do it safely. You know? Don't yeah. be just paralyzed by fear. It is terrible, deadly, and a concern. And you shouldn't spread it because that's the real asshole thing to do. But, you know, sleep in your car. Sleep in the tent. You don't yeah. have to interrupt people. And yeah. get your vaccines when you can. As I soon get as my possible. first dose on Saturday. So How do you I'm get one? Sweet. I want it so bad. I'm pretty excited. I'm dying. Is that Can't wait. If I'm being hospitality? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Z-Mac, wrong, wrong, we're, in, we're in the wrong wrong realm. Mm-hmm. We should get back to hospo. All right, I need to do my that. S- my sister works from home in Minnesota, and she already got her first dose, what? which is wild to me. She doesn't even have to see anybody, which I'm I'm thrilled for her. I, I think as soon as you can get it, you absolutely have to get it. It's got to be like, it's got to be that zipper mentality, you know, when you're merging onto a road. Oh, yeah. You can't then, hesitate because you slow all that traffic down. You just got to get in, get in, get in, and that's the fastest way to get everything done. So I feel like it's the same thing for this. As soon as you can go... Just get in and we'll be a lot faster with it. That way we can all travel and do the stuff we wanted to do again. Right. Yeah. It's the only way we're going to get back to Not to push normal. my vaccine beliefs on anybody, but I'm pushing my vaccine beliefs on everybody. So It's not even a belief. It's just common sense. You know, it's get science, freaking vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even science. Look, things are shitty now. Do you want them to be less shitty? Yes. Okay. Exactly. What is the only way? The government has proven that they're not going to lift any restrictions until we have some type of herd immunity. How do we get that? We just have a bunch of people get sick gotta, all at once. Get jabbed. That's, that's a terrible situation. Let's just get a shot. It's safe, yeah. effective. You're gonna be all right. Do just it. Do it. You'll be an a-hole. If, do it. if it's okay for my wife's 104 year old great grandmother to have it, it's probably fine for most people. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, Listen my, I was in Eastern North Carolina. My mother had a lobectomy. She had half of her lung removed, her left lung, uh, had lung cancer, and uh, four weeks later, she got her vaccine. So if my 70-year-old mother with 1.5 lungs and lung cancer can get a freaking shot, anyone listening can get a damn shot, you know? And that way they won't kill my mom, you know? But she's getting the vaccine now, so she's going to be Superman, so no big deal. I like that this turned into a PSA. It needs to be though. Like <laughs> reasonable human beings need to spread the word, right? Like yeah. people can be all dramatic about other stuff, but this affects not only you, your family, everybody, all of society. Yeah. Like 
I'm tired of the shit, man. I'm ready for it to be back to normal. Oh my god, same every day. Like you keep hearing people say, oh, it's like Groundhog Day." I'm like, "Yeah, it is. It sucks." <laughs> there's, there's no <laughs> nice way. It's fine doing the weekly run to Trader Joe's or clocking on for work, but then outside of that, you're like, "Well, crap. What now? Am I just gonna I'm do just... the same thing?" Yeah. Well, I'm tired of just telling grown adults to wear their mask because yeah. we're a year into this and small children can follow directions better than grown people and i i work at a brewery and i in any hospitality job you feel like you kind of have to babysit a little bit <laughs> but yes. now it's like to level 1000 and i'm just so tired it's not that i i it's not that i want to do this but i literally have to because it's the current law or your business gets shut down like i don't want to have to tell you what to do but i have to tell you what to do and i'm just i want to i want to just get through my day and not be so exhausted because i want to go shoot some film and i don't want to be too tired to go shoot some film right. just because of these grown adults that can't man up i guess yeah. like and just do it so that i can go enjoy my day Yep. and scan stuff and shoot stuff and not think twice about it. Yeah, I mean, and people debate the effectiveness. Who cares? Just wear the damn mask. I, I, I don't care. You know, I don't, I don't think about any of that. I don't care about any of that. And all we're asking you is not to spit on people. And this is a spit guard, right? Is it going to catch all of it? Probably not. Is it better than nothing? Absolutely. Okay, so if that's a true, right, let's, let's, let's only like boil everything into to objective truths. An objective truth about a mask is you can spit less. All right, less spit is less COVID. So regardless <laughs> yeah. of how you feel about it, we're just saying spit less on people and spit less in their face. And you know what? I really appreciate it when people don't spit in my face. And now that they have like 80% <laughs> yeah. of them wear a mask, I'm a, I'm a happy dude. And you know what? I don't give a shit either. Uh, I don't care. It's easy just to mask up. I can completely cover up from society. I got my sunglasses on, my mask. Well, it fogs up. Shooting cameras with a mask is funny. I was shooting on the streets of Charlotte, oh, and, it's and I rock a mask. It's it tough. fogs up my viewfinder constantly, and it I'm does, a like, rangefinder. Yeah. yeah, I'm just like right. For some reason, the fog goes right into my right eye, and I'm like, damn it! Right? No, it does the same thing for me because I shoot. I shoot digital for work. I do all the brewery. And our coffee cafe, Jack, I think I talked to you about that. You did, you With did. my friend that manages our coffee cafe uh, and our wedding venue. So I shoot a lot of photos for the social media and everything. And, oh, my God, the mask and the viewfinder situation is terrible. just awful. It's yeah. terrible. But I do, I will say, I will miss being able to talk under my breath through the mask and people not see me. <laughs> I say yeah. so much shit. That people Aren't can't see. It's so, <laughs> so refreshing. Also, just like when you lock eye contact with someone who maybe you're not so impressed with, you just be like, wanker. <laughs> None the wiser. I also turn into a little bit of a mouth breather with my mask, which I've never <laughs> been, but I catch myself, which is my jaw agape all the time now. And I'm worried that when it comes time to not wear the mask, I'm just going to be walking around. With my mouth wide open, just catching bugs left and right. I don't know what it is about the mask. Like maybe it holds up to your face better with your mouth wide open. I'm not sure, but it's very odd. It's very just, weird. Look, just film photographer and mouth breather. Welcome <laughs> to the show. How are you? I don't want to be known as that though. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it, Jess. 
Don't do it. Are you not just really surprised that every day it's the same crap over and over? Oh like... my god. <sighs> yeah. I understand. It's life, man. It's, it's, it's crazy times. And uh, it's going to be cool that, like, I think some of my best content has been produced during COVID because, like, where I live in Arizona, I can drive within a six-hour radius, three 360 degrees, really amazing state parks that would normally be freaking packed. Like Horseshoe Bend, I went out there at sunrise to do a sunrise shoot. Normally, that place is elbow to elbow. Mm-hmm. It was me and, like, four people. Really? Uh, it was nice. amazing. That's I, actually I went, pretty incredible. I went to Utah uh, Monument road trip, Valley. Road trip, road trip. Absolutely. Joshua Tree empty. Uh, I go down really? to Tucson. It's a really old city south of in southern Arizona. Empty. Um, Vegas empty. If it's above 40 degrees here and I go to a park, it's packed with people, even during the weekdays, just because no one's on a real schedule anymore. So I'm, I'm, I'm surprised to hear that you have so many... Empty yeah. spots. I'm jealous. Comparably speaking, like it's starting to pick up more now. Um, when I came out of the desert, out of Death Valley into Vegas, it was um, more people. But I was only in Vegas for a hotel, and I was going to like Hoover Dam. I was going to like a, a Nelson's Ghost Town. So it was a, a cheap hotel in a modern place because I had slept in a tent in my car for like days. So I stank. I needed a shower. I needed like Wi-Fi. It was insane. Um, but yeah, I, I've I've really appreciated the break that nature has received. But I know a lot of small trails are super packed now. Like trails around town here in Phoenix, they're they're freaking packed, right? Because no one's doing any substantial traveling to the big parks, but they are flooding the trails. So I tried to shoot some parks. And there's like so many people out there and not wearing masks. And if I want to go to a shot, there's like four people on either side of me just like talking and with no mask yeah. on. I'm like, dude, come on, man. Like, uh, don't spit in my face, please. You know? So, yeah, COVID has awarded me that for sure. I mean, um, you're giving you a take. And I, I think some of my best shots absolutely are during this. And I'm glad I shot film during COVID too, because I have the negative to hold in my hand always. You know, I can just hold up the light and be like, oh, shit, that was a crazy year. You know, and have those memories. So were both of you guys shooting a lot during last year? No. Did you feel that inspiration to shoot a lot? Because I didn't shoot that much. I was inspired by a lot of photography that people were putting out. And it, I definitely kind of noted down a lot of things that I wanted to do. But I didn't shoot as much as I wanted to just because so much stuff was going on. Did you guys get a lot done or no? Jack's shaking three, his head now. Three and a half rolls of film. I think I shot in the whole year, and I think two of them were in the first. So I, I moved uh, to the states uh, last January. So the first two months were kind of like, you know, exciting. Oh, it's a new place. I'm actually living here. This is really weird. So I did the thing. I did the whole like, take photos of everything I did, and then yeah, once things kind of started to get a bit crap, I guess I just forgot what day it was. Um, like every single day. So I, it must've been like five months in, I suddenly realized I've been taking this camera out with me every day. <laughs> I think the only action that I've done is put it on my shoulder, take it off my shoulder. <laughs> so no, I really, really wish I had like thinking back to it. We did like a year retrospective for 2020 between me and my wife. We did a whole bunch of stuff, uh, mostly just uh, like home improvement things, but like stuff we've never done before like she remodeled our bathroom um from scratch which is pretty badass oh, wow 
um stuff like that like we've got some pictures but i feel we should have kind of done more because i don't know so no i didn't shoot much i wish i had but with all all of the crap going around no i was just concerned about finding a job for half the year to be honest that's understandable yeah i think um i mean first of all it forced me to like i, I completely changed genres um I was a 100% portrait photographer until COVID, and I shot I shot some uh, during the early stages of COVID, March to May, and then I just didn't I didn't want to be one on one in a room with a person, you know, because I, I was scared at first of COVID, right? I mean, it was scary at first, and uh, so I said, okay, I can't be like shooting people. And uh, it forced me to really change. And my, my photography is a thousand percent different. Like I, I was a professional wedding photographer, digital. And then, you know, I transitioned into film and it was film portrait photography. And uh, yeah, for years. And it com I completely had to change who I was as a photographer. If you look at my feed now on Instagram, not a single portrait is on there, I don't think. Um, but I shot the most I've ever shot last in this COVID year, the most film I've ever shot. I've traveled That's the most impressive. I've ever traveled and I'm a, a, a traveler. That's what I've done. I've lived in 14 places, seven States in seven years, right? So 14 leases in seven years, I've broken many a lease, uh, <laughs> every time worth it. They're like, oh shit, it's going to cost you X, Y, or Z worth it. Um, and, and it's all because of COVID. So I'm a different photographer because of it. That's that's so wild. Like, if COVID wouldn't have happened, I'd still be doing the same shit. Um, that really wasn't fulfilling me. So that's I'm, good. You pulled your inspiration out of that dark hole that everyone was in. So that's yeah, good. Matt, well, Matt Jess is like interviewing that. us now, Jack. You notice that she's like, "Hey, guys, <laughs> I know, I know." So, she's totally sorry about that. The, uh, Thank, no, I appreciate that. Jess. You guys are so easy to talk to. So yeah. why not? <laughs> We're just drinking during the show, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but. COVID, I'm happy for it, you know, of course, there's a lot of negatives with it, but, and I, and I like where I'm going now, because the, what I'm shooting now is sustainable forever. Uh, what I was shooting before was not, I was going to not be able to do that very much longer, for sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is forever for me, the whole new um, genre. What about you? Did you shoot much, Jess? I mean, did it change I... you in any way? I shot less. I um, I still shot maybe a roll a month, I would say. There would be some times where I would shoot a couple rolls and other times where I was really slow to finish a roll. Um, I definitely shot a lot in Richmond when a lot of the protests and stuff were going on. And I kind of just shot some of that stuff just for myself not to share because I didn't necessarily feel like it was my place and then I shot some quarantine stuff. I didn't really have a quarantine time per se, like a lot of people did. I've I've worked throughout this entire thing because even when the brewery wasn't open to the public, we were doing to-goes and deliveries and stuff. And um, I was still managing social medias and filling cans and doing all this stuff. So I didn't really have as long of a break, but I still had all of the stress times a thousand. So was, sometimes I felt like I could do it. Sometimes I didn't. Um, I, that's, but that's when kind of negative lab pro came into my life last year. And I, I started rescanning some of my old stuff and I've really enjoyed doing that. And 
I don't know. I there's been different kinds of inspirations, I guess, than I would normally have in any given year because I've I've only been shooting film for a little over a decade, I guess. Maybe a little. <laughs> My cat's in a plastic or in a paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what cats. it was. Oh my god! It's very loud. Um, just over a decade, and I feel like every year is different from the last. I'm. I don't feel like I fit into any kind of category because I'm always shooting just what inspires me in the moment. And I do want to kind of circle back because you you said that you were shooting portraits for so long and you don't feel like that's sustainable for you anymore, especially given what's going on. That'd be a really good question when you interview portrait photographers. Like, I'm actually very curious myself. Where do they see that going forward? I want to know. I want to hear from the people. Portrait photography and stuff like that. I'm so curious about that because that is something that I kind of wanted to get into more, but now I don't. I don't think so. But <laughs> it's it's going to be know. weird. I think I think a lot of people have gotten used to setting up camera rigs and taking their own photos, but um, for me specifically, I I don't want to pursue other people having to pay me to earn revenue doing it like a park a barn that i don't have to get a model release i don't have to you know any oh, of that that's true yeah. that makes sense yeah yeah and and you know like i have a really good day job uh, a career and um i don't i don't think i'd want to quit that for a while so and portraits were becoming the type of photography i was shooting it was just I don't know. It wasn't fulfilling me. And this, I'd already been on the fence about it. And this really just shoved me off that fence. Right. So I'm sure that the wedding industry is going to be bananas. Once we get to like herd immunity and everything turns a corner, there will be so many weddings to shoot. It's going to be unbelievable. Um, The demand is going to be exceptionally high. I think it's it's going to be overrun. I, I think society's going to go absolutely. So the Roaring Twenties, uh, the reason they were the Roaring Twenties because you know they had the pandemic. When they got out of that pandemic, guess what? People were going crazy. I, I think I think it's going to be the wildest time ever post COVID. Six months after they call the all clear, uh, people have will have been going crazy for five of those months, and uh, it's going to be wild to live in America during that. I believe it. Our brewery is floated by a wedding venue. That's the only reason we came about and I, I manage those accounts too. And, and just seeing all the content from everybody, I do agree. It's probably going to be a little wild for everyone. And it's, it's, I know it's been really tough for them as well, especially, I don't know what the mandates are in your States, but Virginia is still currently no groups larger than 10. So it's been a long time that weddings haven't really been taking place. So I'm sure once once those ease up, it's just going to be bonkers. Yeah, and people are just pin up frustration. People are going to literally be going wild. It is going to be like if you go to like a bar or a club once it's back to 100%. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to be anywhere near that. No, it's, me. It's going to be ridiculous. I just want to go sit inside a coffee shop. For the first time in a year. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, me too. Can you imagine concerts? I want to eat in a restaurant. I want to sit at my little table by myself. I want to sit at a coffee shop. I want to do all those things. 
It's going to be insane. I'm going to like not having to be like, oh, shit, I forgot my mask. I, I, I think for a while I'm going to still think that because every time I go out, because we have to oh, wear yeah, masks here in Arizona everywhere, uh, at least you sit down. So um, that's going to be weird to not have to remember my mask. I can't wait for that. That's going to be amazing. And of course, sitting completely prevents the transmission. Sorry, I shouldn't go. <laughs> it just it just always tickles me. And they're like, no, no, once you sit, you're good. Like, huh? Yeah. I'm so just glad we haven't allowed anyone to sit inside our brewery. We kind of took a staff vote and we were like, nah, because we have so much outdoor space and we have heaters and fire pits and stuff too. Um, so we've been really fortunate not to have to do that. And I haven't been inside a single restaurant except to get takeout wow. this whole time. So mm, really? I cannot Sorry. wait to just like go get pho fresh at a table. I'm yep. so excited for that. It's definitely going to be exciting. I think it's going to be great for photography, too, though, in general. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm excited. Cool. Um, well, I know we try to keep this thing short. Uh, Jess, thanks so much for coming on the show. Where, where can they find all of your work and see what you're into? They can find me on Instagram at yesyones. It's spelled kind of like Jess Jones, but in the yim yams from my morning jacket aspect. So Y-E-S-S-Y-O-N-E-S. I am on Facebook as Jess Jones, though I'm kind of in and out of Facebook because I, I wouldn't have it if it weren't for work. So sometimes I delete it. Sometimes I'm on it. I don't know. You can find me there sometimes. But then I have a very sadly not super updated website, yesyones.com. But if anyone ever has questions about film photography, I love to talk about it. I love to teach people stuff. The very little that I know, I'm happy to share. So DM me or message me or text me. I don't care what it is. Just hit me up. And, I love to talk about it. And check you out on Negative Positives as well, the podcast. Yes, yeah. And listen to me on Negative Positives with Mike and Andre, whatever guests we have, whatever roundtables we have. Um, we do our regular shows every other week. And then there's a solo show or an interview show in between. And then in the negative positives group, I'm there as well. That's great. That's awesome. Jack, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at jack.w.allen or Jack's record store. If you like plastic spinny things, there you go. I've got a website, but I don't really use it. So I'm not going to share that. And you can probably find me bumbling around the negative positives, Facebook group too. I like to kind of be a part of that as well. And Mac, where can folks find you? Okay. So Instagram Mac shoots film. Uh, you can be offended by my memes and hopefully enjoy my photography. So it's a twofer. Uh, don't look for me on Facebook because I won't accept invites. Boomer books, not my thing. Um, I would say, oh, YouTube. I make YouTube videos. I can't believe I forgot that. Max shoots film there as well. Uh, I'm about to put on another episode where I was in Ghost Town in Nevada. You have to say it like people in Nevada. I was saying Nevada, and I got corrected quickly. Nevada. Yeah, Nevada. It's Colorado as well, not Colorado. Colorado. Um, yeah, I lived there for a minute, and I got to. Anyway, where I'm ranting here, it gets me on YouTube. Max shoots film, and and because it's hashtag current year and YouTube is kind of like, it, I, I, it's too long of a form content. I have just 
created a TikTok account. Max Shoots Get Film. out of town. It, it is a great way. I travel so Whoa. much. I have so much content. Check this out. And websites are uh, kind of old school as well. I have one, but I'm not going to share it with you. But you can uh, guess what the name of it is. Uh, TikTok, Max Shoots Film. It is a way to see a bunch of my shots from my travels and some video. Because who the hell in 2021 wants to sit through an eight-minute YouTube video of some thumb with hair talking about something, right? It's too slow. It's like reading. That's so 1800s. So check me out on TikTok. Uh, I'm building that out. And I'm about to dump heavily into that content. I have full-time help coming on to really push YouTube, which I'm going to shorten those videos and TikTok. So that's taking off. Yeah, there you go. Find me. Max shoots film everywhere, probably. There you Holy go. cow. That's it. You just you, you've forgotten uh, Periscope. Uh, if we really want to get retro. Oh, platforms. and we're all who's on Clubhouse. You can find us on Clubhouse, uh, yeah. listening to people ramble. Yeah, I there. yeah I I have a Clubhouse, but I definitely don't want to use it because uh, I I have enough douche nozzles in my life, and I don't need some guy <laughs> who takes <laughs> shitty photos that thinks he's awesome because he shoots film. You know, telling me anything about it because film's very personal for me so um yeah clubhouse that's that is a new emerging thing i see people say get on there but i'm in zoom meetings all day the last thing i want is one more zoom meeting but it's cool because it's clubhouse where does this rant come from guys i think i think jack set me up here (laughs) yeah damn it all right well hey guys we uh will catch you next episode thanks thanks for stopping by see ya bye